Welcome to Rig for Dirt, the podcast recorded as the adventure happens. I'm Frank, and I'm sitting here with... Oh, you know, just Ollie, <laughs> the other half. He's he's with this guy. Just Ollie. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. We are out here, and again, at night, in the cold. On the Mojave Road. On the Mojave Road. Yeah, buddy. This was one of those legendary roads that, for a lot of people, is a bucket list road. Um, for us locals, it's just a... I wouldn't say just, sorry. Just is the wrong kind of way to, to start we, we that. Drive, we drive by this area on the way to Vegas all the time. And so when you On the way out, to other trails even. Yeah. And you but look out and you're like, eh. This is like a yearly thing for most Southern Californians. Like it's one of those trails that's a must do. And so we take the opportunity to do it. Um, right. Usually about, it usually ends up happening about once a year where you a group wants to go or there's somebody who's new that wants to go. And then, you know. You yeah, kinda, I think the last time I did it was around the same time. Yeah, and this is a great time to go. So it's December. Yeah, early, for early once, December. you guys are going to listen to an episode fairly recent to when it actually happened. That's true, actually, because <laughs> uh, the last episode you guys listened to, I think it was number 22. Yeah, and that was before you took off for SEMA. That was us at uh, Rig for Dirt. That was at Rig for Dirt. Only, right? only a few weeks ago. Holy crap. No, that was like three weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Not too long ago. Yeah. So so when you hear this in a few weeks, we, had, we will have done uh, Mojave Road. And uh, we we started on Friday. Typically, Mojave Road is what a three day trip: Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Right. Right. And so um, we're out here with a really good group of people. Um, good friends. Yeah, good friends. Do we want to name names? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. we're here with our buddy uh, Matt and his wife Lauren. Um, yeah. Three two one adventure on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, oh, Matt's celebrating his birthday. Thirty first. Yeah. So it is right. Thirty. Are you thirty one? Thirty one. Thirty one. Thirty one. Yep. Matt's going to be on the podcast we got, We've got the campfire actually going uh, about 50 feet up uh, ahead of us, 30, maybe 30 feet. Yeah. And uh, we got the whole group, the whole group consisting of uh, our friend Mike. Yeah, Mike. Um, Bob. Bob. Jeff. Jeff. Matt's brother, Ryan. Yep. My um, son, Jackson, actually Jackson's came here. with yeah. us. Yeah. Uh, I, I figured, you know, the whole purpose of building Kate was to get out there and explore and, you know, experience uh this whole lifestyle with uh, my family and i found that it's been one big dude fest um <laughs> with the uh, occasional girlfriend sprinkled in of somebody's um but it hasn't been uh it hasn't been this thing that i originally thought was going to be um spending time with my family and getting out there and you know just doing what i had originally set out to do so honestly being able to bring Jackson out here and actually he came over and he's on my lap right now. You're so heavy. You're so heavy. He's nine years young. Um, missed those days. But uh, he's having a blast. Uh, the campsite we're actually at right now and we'll get to it eventually but it's the Mojave campsite and it looks kind of like Joshua trees so he's been having it a good time. It kind of does. Yeah. Climbing it on actually kind of does. It's got that same kind of granite texture like it just sticks to everything. So climbing is, is dangerous here because you yeah. will climb higher than you normally probably would. Yeah. yeah. So let's go back to the beginning. <laughs> back to um, Friday when we yep. were supposed to leave at noon and we didn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so, you know, extenuating circumstances. Right. Right. It happens. Um, we were going to leave at noon, uh, which is already kind of late because typically people start the Mojave Road in the morning and they leave like at six in the morning or maybe an earlier. <laughs> six, and. Yeah. And they, they haul, right, basically to state line, the Colorado River, over by Laughlin, 
and that's pretty much where you begin the Mojave Road. And we hauled a bunch of Del Taco. We, it's like we didn't. We weren't hauling nothing. No, we weren't hauling we anything. Um, Trailer so, life. Yeah. So you know, because of work life and other uh, responsibilities, we couldn't leave until noon, which ended up turning out to be like two o'clock. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know about you. I'm I'm always really excited about this about doing the Mojave Road, but oh, really? at the same time, clearly I'm not. Yeah. I, mean, I, don't, it's cool. I don't understand why, but it's a cool road. It is a cool road. I enjoy. I don't understand why that doesn't excite you. I enjoy the north, but that's I like fine. The woods. Um, and me, I like the desert. I'm I'm a big fan of the desert yeah, personally. Cool. But I was kind of dreading this trip because it was supposed to be like leading up to it. Right, it was supposed to be low twenties at night, raining. Like it was gonna be. It was supposed to be much colder and shittier than it yeah, is now. Yeah, it was gonna be just a straight up suffer fest. And I was like, I don't. I go out there to have fun. Do I really want to go out there Correct. and suffer? Yeah. And so, you know, even when we left, I wasn't a hundred percent sold. It was gonna be awesome. And that's well, because it was raining, it was raining. the entire time that we were driving. And yeah. even as we got within like 50 miles, we saw like light showers. I'm like, yeah. okay, so according to the weather report, it said it was going to be pretty dry, but... Um, but it's raining. It's the raining. The whole so, freeway, the whole way, which is like no, good but four dude, hours. We get in. It's bone dry. Dude, it's beautiful. Actually, it's, as a matter of fact, it's like it had just rain dry. So basically what you like to call the, hero dirt. Yeah, the top crust yeah. was was dry, but just below it was nice and tacky dirt. Dude, it, it was, was awesome. No no dust. I mean, actually all the way up to this campsite, which we're kinda like, I would say uh, more than a quarter. Uh, almost. We're, we're more than half. No, we're not more. Yeah, than we half. are. No, there's still quite a bit to We're go. more than half. Are we more than half? Yes. All right. Well then the next piece is like longer than this. Um but uh I lost my train of thought. <laughs> where were you going oh oh but it was like it had just rained and it's just been so nice driving i've never like driven to where it's like i could have the windows down right and just be relaxed That's... and have just smell the smell the air around me instead of like the freaking dust and silt and, and god and knows the AC what. just going because you can't roll down your window the hunter virus in the <laughs> rat feces that's pulverized into the dirt that's in my vehicle yeah awesome so happy but not today no not today um yeah so i mean i was driving third second second and third car back most of the time and it was I had my window down the entire way, and it was just beautiful, tacky, dustless dirt. It was so much awesome. I mean, I was trying to kick up dust. I like, yeah, it was it was nothing. impossible. You couldn't, yeah, it was, it was impossible. So the Mojave Road, right? The Mojave Road is about 142 miles uh, long. Mm-hmm. Uh, just some quick kind of rundown for people that don't know, because a lot of you aren't from California. Um, a lot of you probably aspire to do this road. Um, like, I, like I mentioned, is it, it's is it that big of a destination? Oh, totally. Really? Yeah, Mojave Road. I'm spoiled. Yeah, you are spoiled. Yeah. Um, Mojave <laughs> Road is definitely a destination. Um, but it's not the thing that people like kind of miss about Mojave Road or the or what they don't a lot of people don't get yeah. is that it's not about the challenging terrain. It's because not it challenging. Isn't. It's not challenging. Like it's do things happen, do mishaps happen? Sure. I mean you're well, it's in the easy desert. to go fast and it's easy, yeah. You got I mean, some silty kind of washes here. Exactly. You've got washes, you've got shale, you've got rock gardens, you've got dust, you've got sand, water crossings, dry lake beds, mud, you name it. There's everything on this road. Water crossings, like there's everything on this road, which is which is which is point number one that makes it awesome. Point number two a lot it changed you know what? The second half it changes a lot. Yeah, that's what this I'm saying. This first half is kind of like desert fire road. 
Yeah. I mean, uh, granted, you go through a beautiful Joshua Tree forest. Yeah, which, exactly. By the way, did you know that most people think in Joshua Tree, that's where you see all the Joshua trees? Not true. Actually, out in the Mojave Desert on the Mojave Road is the densest population of Joshua trees you will find anywhere in the U.S. That's funny. Well, also, is that, is that is that statewide, worldwide? Uh, well, Joshua Nationwide? trees are only are only in California. So then that's it. Mojave Road is the densest population of Joshua trees. Um, another fun fact: the more you know. Um, there's actually a really awesome Joshua tree grove. Um, that's also super dense. Mm-hmm. Um, I would argue as far as density it's denser than this but it's much smaller i don't know dude facts bro no it's not we're not i'm not talking about volume i'm talking about density i'm talking about like in one spot how close the trees are together got it right so i would say it's a lot more dense than this but it has nowhere near the numbers because it's a very small area it's like and that it's like that big one single organism in russia of trees that you know that grove that's all interconnected sort of yeah but they're not interconnected <laughs> they're Joshua trees. I thought it was a cool story. <laughs> it is. Um, but so it's uh, Burns Canyon in uh, in Big Bear. So if you do Burns Canyon, it drops down into this valley. And uh-huh. in this valley, there's nothing but Joshua trees. It is like about a mile and a half, three miles of nothing but Joshua trees. Super gorgeous. And and then, then you drop down the Yucca Valley. And then at Yucca Valley, you're like 10 minutes from Joshua Tree National Park. So. It's, you know, that's cool. Yeah. But that's, that's another cool spot where if you're kind of in the area and you want to see some Joshua trees, that's where you go. Um, or you just go to Joshua tree. National just go Forest. To Joshua tree. Yeah. Um, National park. So yeah, the terrain here is like, it varies immensely. The, the, the kind of ecosystem, even though you're in the desert, like we were, like we we're just saying, you get Joshua trees, you get chaparral, you get, you know, all the different kind of stuff that you, you experience a lot of what California has to offer in in on one road, and so that's even even at Fort Paiute, where you had the little oasis with the water, right? So that's number one, right? Number two Perennial is exactly, yeah. Number two is what you're talking about. Number two is the history. This road has a ton of history. I mean, it's been used for centuries, like a trading road. Yeah, and it's been used a as a communication artery route, to as, the west. Yeah, a communication route, trading route, um, a postage route. Right when when the the West was kind of developing and becoming part of the country, which is why they had the fort to protect the right. uh, the, the water the travelers, yeah, the water source, yeah. So Fort Paiute is one of the first places you can stop when you hit the road, and um, it happens to be a water source, and it was built by the uh, army way 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 back in the mid 1800s, I think, mm. um, to protect the uh, mail route and the wa- and more specifically to protect the water source that's there, the one that you mentioned. Yep. So there's a lot of those like different forts and also different historic monuments. There's petroglyphs, there's lava tubes, there's all kinds of crazy stuff out here, like geological wonders and like, you know, American history, native history, just human history. Like it's a really cool road. Dude, the lava tubes are actually one of the cool spots. The lava tubes are gorgeous. When we went last time, um, we got there a little late. So you want to time it and maybe there's resources online. I'm sure there are where they'll tell you. Kind oh, of totally. Like it's a book. You can what, buy the book. What year, what what time of the year that light that will shine through the lava tubes will hit uh, directly down. But Oh, no, it's year round. You go, well, no, there's a, spur, there's a certain amount, there's a certain time, an actual time, like a time on the clock. Yes. Where the light will actually shine straight down. It depends on the sun. So um, we went and the light was already kind of at this crazy like like really tight angle like it wasn't coming down at all it was like hitting the side of the wall so i can tell you right now but what you can see is. the ray 
So, so what you want to do is you want to time it before noon. You want to be at the lava tubes, typically, and I'm talking about noon, high noon, not on the clock noon, right? Because you said depending on the year, time of year. Do you want the sun overhead is what you're saying. Right, exactly. I'm yeah. talking about the sun over your head. You want to hit that. You want to be at, at imagine if, if high noon was, was the clock. You want to be there at about 11. So 80% if, of our listeners exactly. might think that was 12 o'clock, but it's not. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. So what you want to be, if if you're using the sun as a clock and you're saying that this, the sun directly above you is noon, then you want to be there between 10 and 11. Given daylight savings and the time of the year, that right. could that could change, be right? yeah, that could be twelve. It could be one. It could be yeah. So right when we had gone, it was like two o'clock and it had just passed. Yeah, exactly. So it was you probably more it. around the one o'clock time yeah. for us at that time of the year. And I think actually, the time that we're doing this right now should coincide a little bit with when we did it. I don't think it was too far off from. Uh, we're really close to it. So ideally, November, you're there. Yeah. But you're ideally, like I said, at this time of year, you're there between like you're I mean, there January. about eleven. Like, it was really close to January, so. Yeah. Anyways, we'll see. We'll see what it looks like tomorrow. I'm looking forward to that. Um, with fun fact, the more you know, um, we got uh, two, about 2,000 years ago, they, they claim that volcano was active and the magma erupted. Well, that's how you got the lava tube. And it, well, 2000, that's not a long time ago. No, I know. This so was, it's kind of interesting so, to think that there's, there's, a, there's a live river of lava flowing underneath the mojave yeah so when you go to the lava tube they have there's a whole like explanation right because you know the state parks do that right mm-hmm. they have a little explanation so if you look behind when you go to the lava tubes, the explanation if you look behind you there's a cinder cone uh-huh and there's a bunch of them actually there and so yeah, yeah you're right like that's it's it's in like the grand scheme of things that's not that long that's ago. not that long yeah. so the reality of that thought is it could happen anyway <laughs> and uh, and another fun fact was, I guess the volcano itself was like perfectly symmetrical at one point. Yeah, like it was this beautiful. It had this beautiful symmetry that attracted people, and then mining like turned it into this irregular, lopsided like right. monstrosity. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. been a lot of debate over the mining that's been going on. Cinder well, products, they call it. And that's another thing out here, right? The Mojave Road is one, you know, this the the Southwest and this whole kind of desert region out here in the Mojave was huge for mining. So you'll see a lot of the roads out here and, and old roads like Bradshaw Trail is one of them, mm-hmm. right? A lot of those trails that existed um, that we now use as off-road trails, all of those were trade routes to get minerals um, that were being mined out here in the desert to either the West Coast or um, just north of here to Nevada. Yeah. So northeast. So, I mean, there's a ton of history, a ton of purposes and uses for these roads that have kind of evolved over the centuries. And you can learn all of this. Like you can make, you can stop at the mailbox, right? You can, Google you can stop. It. Yeah. You can stop at the mailbox. You can stop at traveler's monument. Or that. Right. You can stop at all these historic sites and kind penny of cans. The, yeah. The penny can, right? Like, like we stopped things. at this one spot. It's called the penny can. And honestly, from what I remember the last time I was here, that can was a lot bigger. Yeah. I, it changes. Feel, yeah. It changes. Yeah. I feel like people change it out or do whatever. Uh, somebody had left like a nice pair of leather work gloves like there. I don't know. People leave all kinds of weird oddities. Um, at this uh, location, it was funny because uh, Jackson had already put his penny in, and I'm like, "Great, go grab it out so I can take a picture <laughs> for the gram." And uh, everyone's like, "No, no, no, you can't take it out again." And it's like some right. kind of superstition that no one even really knows the rules. It's just, about. it's, it's like a wishing well. Like yeah. it's just, just kind of. I remember, you know. and you're like, "Oh, you're the one who should be superstitious, Mister loses three caliper bolts." And I'm like, in my mind, I'm thinking that's just super stupid because I. <laughs> Should have locked out of my bolts and I didn't. So fun fact. 
Fun fact, fun fact. Yes, if you've been listening, you you know all the drama around all these uh, freight caliper bolts. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, so far, so good. So, uh, so yeah. I mean, you know, today was um, tactically day two because day one, we got in pretty late. We got in like at... Eight o'clock. Eight o'clock, yeah. And then yeah. we were up pretty late kind of having fun with our friends and we almost stories. paid $6 gas and oh my gosh yes route 66 like they're like all like done up like, so fun, fun cashing fact, in on that whole name fun fact um since we told you guys about um eddie world right and where and where to go <laughs> right. i'm gonna tell you where not, not to, to go, go. <laughs> so if you're driving on the 40 and you see an exit for goffs and you are g-o-f-f-s yeah don't and you are low on fuel they're do basically not, bending you over. Do not take that exit. It, they've got a giant billboard and big old sign that says gas. Um, this time around. It's a really nice station too. A no, lot it's not. of pumps. No, it's not no, nice. Th- just like I was saying, there's a lot of pumps and they make it look nice. It was nighttime. Trust yeah, me. You go in sure. a day, it's not nice. Um, anyways, six bucks this time. Last time Shannon and $5. I went through and there. $5.99. And what was really funny was premium was five ninety nine. And the next one down was five ninety nine. They're like, they're you're gonna pay, you're yeah. gonna pay five ninety nine no matter what yeah, you need. They only sell that, that's because they actually, and this is the part that I found out last time I was there, um, because that's how I found out about that place. Um, was I was low on fumes and I had to get gas and I only put in like twenty bucks. Um, but anyways, they only sell one grade. Oh really? Yeah, they don't actually sell premium. Dude. They sell one grade of gas. Leasing people. And it doesn't matter what button you hit, you're gonna get the same fuel and you're gonna pay the same price. So, the pro tip is look. The next gas station is 20 miles down. It's at Highway 95. It's a Chevron. State line. No, no, no. State line. Stay on the 40. Don't even bother Oh, you're not talking off. about the one we hit? You can hit that one too, but if you're going to get off on Goffs and you're going to go north on 95, yeah, it's 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 35 miles away. It's a Chevron station right across state line in Nevada. $10 bundles of wood. <laughs> yeah, the wood's not cheap, but yeah. the gas was $350. Please. So it was definitely a lot cheaper. But and don't can, go when they just mopped the bathrooms either. Yeah, the you, dude had just mopped the bathrooms, and I'm like, I'm going to go use the restroom. Oh, my friend, I just mopped the bathrooms. And I'm like, dude, I got to go. I'm okay. So, I'm a total <laughs> grown-up. I will deal with the wet floor. I'm not going to see you. Right. And uh, finally let me, and it's funny because I can hear him outside the bathroom going, sorry, can't let you in. Just mop the floors. And I'm like, they're going to hear me washing my hands and be pissed right now. Right. Totally. I would be. Yeah. So if you stay on the 40 and you drive 20 miles further, um, you will get to state line, which is California, Arizona, and fuel will be a lot cheaper typically under three dollars if not pretty close to it depending on what yeah, year like you're listening to it 380 yeah it's it is such a deal if you go straight so just don't get off on goffs so you're saying stay on the freeway and you'll get oh well, i mean i'm just guess i'm just preparing people because i don't know where they're going right like if you're just going east and you're going no, to I'm arizona just saying you know there's a gas station oh absolutely yeah. at state line on highway 95 at the state line you just you take the same exit and there's there's a pilot there and there's a shell and a chevron the there's cool a, thing about that road that we run on goffs was uh we would pass by big freight liners going by. The freight trains, yeah. Um, that was kind of cool. That's Just, way cool. So Goffs is like a, an old like back road, right? It's an old desert back road, single lane highway. And you got paved. It's paved. It's paved, yeah. yeah. You got, but you got one lane going each way, and you're just going out in the middle of nowhere. Like it's you really better, cool. you better hope to God you don't get stuck behind like a cargo train. 
Right. It's funny because we saw one and the lights came down. We're like, shit, (laughs) we're going to be sitting here for like 20, 30 minutes waiting for like a 500 cars to go by. Exactly true. You're not, he's not exaggerating. Like you'll have, you'll have, you know, freight trains that are coming in from. This is the part of the land where it doesn't matter how many there are. Oh yeah. They're they're huge, huge, huge freight trains. But yeah, no, we got lucky because it was only two locomotives. That's it. (laughs) We're like, what? (laughs) Sweet. That was pretty awesome. Moving on. Yeah. No, but it was good. It was good coming in. Yeah, that no, was good. Like I said, I was pleasantly surprised. It wasn't super cold last night. It was like in the 40s, which is great. Tonight is shaping up to be about the same, which is great. Not bad. Was, I mean, we're a little bit far away from the fire, and we don't have the benefit of the heat from there, but right. I'm not dying right now. My hands are cold, but it's not horrible. Right, right, right. And we ate. Yeah. No, we're good. I had I had um, something new <laughs> yeah. for dinner. Something I had, new to the world. No, it's been around for a while. Just a minute. It's, no. still, it's still fairly fresh. You think so? Yeah, as in a concept and an idea, yeah. Beyond, go ahead, sorry. Go so ahead. I had a Beyond Burger. Beyond Burger. And I don't know if any of you guys listening obviously have had a Beyond Burger, but I'm um, I'm on this kick right now where I'm not I'm not vegetarian. I don't want to be. I don't plan to be. Um, but I, I do feel that I, as a human being, and I do also feel that even as a society, that we definitely consume way too much meat. Um, I don't think it's good for us. So- um, they should run faster. At least not in that, not in the the way that we're doing it. Like, you know, I was, I just, you know, I would just, you just think like, hey, you look back at what you eat and Matt's like, buddy heater. yeah, <laughs> sorry. But, <laughs> but our buddy Matt, whose birthday, he's now 31. He's turning on a buddy heater right next to us, which is super appreciated. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Matt's a, Matt's a homie. He's taking care of us. Yeah. We'll, we'll bring you on the show. <laughs> we, already, so, we already planned on bringing him on the show today so yeah fast forward there's like this beyond meat and or beyond and they do plant-based patties and i've had like stuff like that before like when we go get i'll have turkey burgers and i'll have other stuff right like the famous garden burger yeah and the garden burger which i didn't like i, I <laughs> had one of those it, yeah i thought it was like, really gross it tastes like beans mashed together yeah, it really it? does it's lentils. not it's not good <laughs> right and so i kind of begrudgingly decided to try a beyond burger and mo- you know why i i kind of fell for it i've i haven't i haven't been to carl's jr in probably five years sure and Is um that a carl's jr beyond burger yeah that you had in your fridge no no no. you i that's how that's that was one that was what turned me on to it oh you didn't that was not a actual carl's jr burger no 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 had. no okay i went to the store I was like, and bought, dude i went to the store and bought beyond i thought i was being lazy yeah <laughs> no no i went to the store and i bought beyond patties okay um and so anyways the Beyond Burger Carl's Jr. They have like the Western, you know, burger, a cheeseburger, right? And you can get the Beyond patty in it, mm-hmm. and oh my gosh, dude, it's good. It's good. I'm not like I said, I haven't been to Carl's Jr. in like five so years. So did it? I I didn't try it, but like, did it? Uh, did it actually taste like meat? Yeah. It was it kind of juicy? Like it was felt juicy. Like were, felt then, like you were biting into something. Yes, and so I think that's that's kind of like what makes the Beyond Burger I think really good. It's not so much the flavor because the flavor they've nailed it right, and I think. You can tell yourself, look, if you're eating, I mean, it's, it, it's not different. It tastes a lot, a lot like meat, and a lot of it's because the spices are really good. They season right. it, they season it really well. Um, it just tastes like really good meat. But where they exceed, where they excelled, and where they truly nailed it, uh-huh. is in the juiciness. Like you feel like you're chewing into a good medium, medium rare yes. piece of meat. Yes, wow. and that's hard to do. That sounds hard to do. You know, it's like not meat, right? Exactly, mushrooms, bro. And oh my gosh. Is it mushroom based? Um, I actually don't know. Sounds like mushrooms would give you that kind of texture. I I think so, right? That kind of moisture. Right. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, I had this thing and I bought bought the Beyond Burger patties 
and put them in the fridge. Um, brought them up, brought them out, throw them on the grill. Um, they grilled up pretty good. Actually, you know what's funny is they grilled just like a piece of meat. Like you put them on the grill, you let them sit there. They sizzle. They do the whole nine yards. They kind of start to kind of get the moisture kind of coming through the top and whatnot. The juices are flowing, and are the what? Yeah. Like it looks like meat and they do have a little bit. I think I read um, one of their stories that um, they put a little bit of, uh, of beet juice for coloring to give it that red kind of look. And that's why it also looks like it. I mean, even when you open, even when you open the, the wrapper, it looks like a meat patty. Like when you actually open the packaging, it's bright red. Like Is there like pieces of paper? There's a piece of paper on the back. Yeah. <laughs> just like a, just like a butcher paper. It's like too furky, bro. Like, no. No, it's definitely better. It's like tofu bacon. Like it's like we want it to look exactly like it. We want yes. it to taste exactly like it. Yes, we but we don't want it to be it. But we want it to be it. Right. It's just be it, dude. Why? Why not? Because it's not good for you. But why? Why even care about it tasting like that if you don't want something that's not good for you? Because you don't want to remind people what it tastes like. Why? Do, why would I want to just eat? enjoy spinach and beans? I don't. I don't understand the argument. Like well, I'm at just all. saying. Like why? Like if it's not good for you, why would you want people to taste what? meat is supposed to taste like because of this engineered piece of like fake steak listen to what you're saying you're saying that because something is not good for you it shouldn't be freaking delicious no i'm just saying if it's like delicious and you want it then why act like you need to eat something else right now so think of it from this perspective right you know how you always say something like whenever you bite into something not burger and you want somebody who doesn't appreciate needing to like save the environment to actually enjoy the stuff that you're foregoing to eat. No, you might as well be the one to enjoy it, and they should be the ones who don't eat it. No, I'm about to tell you what what I'm gonna say. Uh huh. You're about to tell me what you're gonna say. Yeah, um, that's usually how it works. Well, if you let me why finish, why don't you just say it? <laughs> so here's the end of Rick for Dirt. Yeah, this is it, guys. We're done. Hope Check. you enjoyed it. <laughs> Twenty three episodes deep. Can't stand this anymore. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> So what I'm what I'm, the point that I'm trying to make is like think of anything that you've ever eaten and you it's just so mouthwatering delicious and then usually there's some smart ass in the room that says well you know that's why it's because it's terrible for you of course it's delicious right and so I don't think that's the reason no that's not the reason it just happens to taste really good all right dude just tell me about your burger and let's get this over <laughs> with okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to try at the end of the day. I just want to try new things, right? I want to, I want to be somewhat open to saying this thing is different. It doesn't comply with the norm and it goes against me as a lifelong meat eater. I just want to, I just want to try it. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess what, what gets me set off is whenever I hear people talk about like tofurkey or turkey bacon or, you know, like all these substitutes, like it's not cheese, but it's cheese. Like, it's like, come on. Yeah, I get it. Like, call it, call it what it is. Like, call it the mushroom steak or like not even steak. Like, call it the mushroom patty. I don't know what, everything's been like capitalized by meat, but call it some name that represents what it is. I get it. Like, let's not call it meat. Yeah, call it the... The mushroom something. Like you know? cakes are amazing. Mushroom cake. Like cakes are amazing. We don't try to call them meat. Yeah. I, I guess for me, it's like, okay, you want it to taste like bacon. You want it to look like bacon. Dude, just eat bacon. I want to have my the, cake and eat it too. Until the bacon runs out. And then the what I was trying to say was like, the argument always comes back to, oh, well, you know, we need to, we need to save things. We, we're overeating. We're consuming too much meat. And- 
we need to stop. And always the people who stop are the responsible, the ethically moral, the ones who truly get it. Yeah. And then all the assholes, all the jackasses, all the people who just don't understand that concept are the ones who continue to consume. You know what you're describing? Me. Do you remember? Well, yeah, I mean, mean, obviously. (laughs) Myself. (laughs) I mean, me too, because look, I guess, I guess part of what excites me about this is that. The Beyond Burger? Yeah. Is that there's, is that I love meat. So it excites me to find something that that tastes like meat, but is also guilt free in the sense that I'm trying to eat less meat. Like sure. it's exciting. So that's that's literally it. But what you're describing is cracks me up because what you were saying about like it's always the responsible people that back off and the irresponsible ones that just kind of keep going and don't give two shits. Right. Right. It reminds me of, um, of why idiocracy. socialism doesn't work. <laughs> that. But it reminds me of of the beginning of idiocracy. Yeah, exactly, like, bro. Right? Like when the Come smart on. people, the smart people stop having kids, they stop getting married, <laughs> and all the morons continue breeding and have like 18 yep. kids. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Use all these automated systems, see how they work out for you. Exactly. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. I mean, look, I know I know like, I'm idiocracying myself out of ex- out of existence. But yeah, Matt just walked by. He was like, "You want me to turn on this buddy here for you?" I was like, "Yes, please. It would be very nice of you to do so." Thank you, Matt. Matt, um, so you know what? Matt's going to be on the sh- on the show later, right? Yeah. Like we're going to talk. Yeah, to him. he'll probably be part two of whatever the hell. We're but see, talking this about is quintessential tonight. Matt because Matt has been taking care of us for like the longest time. Not with a buddy heater, but just in general. Like just he's good advice. Yeah. Good help at the garage. Like he'll right? come over, we'll go over there. Like, yeah. Yeah, he's this is like this is him. This is this is good looking out. That's what he is. He's good looking out. Good looking out, Mike. Matt? Yeah. Good like, looking out, Matt. We're actually being <laughs> led by Mike. Uh right. Who I think at some what's point What's his uh, screen name? Uh or he's is, got a different one. He used to be SoCal JK JKU. Or I think he's SoCal JL19. Or yeah, he's got a new one because he's got a new the new JL. Yeah, brand new JL. Yeah. It's Which funny. is sweet, by the way. It's funny how quick, like, two years will just make that platform, like, whatever. Like, right. I remember, like, SEMA when I first, like, got into uh, this whole thing. And the JL just, just come out. Like, you had just seen a couple JLs yeah. at SEMA. And they were, like, the biggest deal. Yeah. And then this last SEMA, it's, like... A million jails, a thousand Jeep trucks, and yeah, it's not, you know, it's still very cool. And I actually got to drive the KCJT. Yeah. And that, that Jeep truck is. Oh, you've been, you have been driving it yeah, around that for a I, while. I drove around for yeah. a while and I went to the Joshua Tree cleanup and all that. And oh, it's you like, took it there. Nice. I don't, I don't know what the jail drives like. Yeah. The JT was fine. Um, the interior is where it just, that's where it changes huh that's the game changer game changer yeah the interior i'm like i wish i had this interior so let me ask you this then because you've driven you have a jk and you obviously you drove the gladiator on the jail platform and one of the things (laughs) when we talked to when we talked to brad thanks matt was like he really liked the longer wheelbase and so you're coming from both what did you think well i mean i just went to the desert so it didn't really matter yeah but he meant he meant like the comfort on the highway like he meant the longer wheelbase oh, yeah it-, it was a very comfortable ride uh there was no issues like and a really good touring vehicle basically. i drove it before we even did the um the suspension the suspension and the tires oh funny thing is i don't know if taylor told you i ran into him did you yeah he was um a rebel at rebel yeah and then we went to go have lunch at my favorite taco oh, that's spot right. yep yeah <laughs> i heard about that there was so good yeah so i i drove it stock rubicon fashion and it was uh it was a great ride yeah it was a great ride and it kind of reminded me of like some of the regret i feel when i when i fully overbuilt my jeep yeah 
Um, granted now, like the things that we've done and the things I've gotten to do, I've totally appreciated it. I'm stoked that, uh, I got it to where she's at, but really when you drive a stock Rubicon, whether it's that Jeep truck or even remembering my JK, it's like, dude, sometimes you should just be happy with where you're at. Yeah. That's a good point. Have you ever seen that, um, that meme like that was circulating like a year ago that had this guy who was like, um, he was pining after this dude's sports car, and then okay. the guy in the the guy in the sports car no. was pining after like this millionaire's like other vehicle, and no. so on and so on and so on. Like it just basically it basically illustrated that you're just never content, right? That someone is always pining after what you have, and you're always pining yeah, after what what somebody else has, right? Like it's just I would say that's a that's an affliction of society that's right? endemic. Yeah, yeah, I have to, to just agree. The human condition. Yeah, but you know, you bring up an, inter- an interesting point, which is something that actually. Uh, I was going to wait to bring up later, but I think it's really timely since you bring were it talk- up. since you bring it up. Do it is um like you've had Kate now for what a little over a year, yeah, right. Yeah, and that uh, was obviously kind of like one year, six months. Yeah, and that was kind of like a mega build. Like you came into that. I mean, it got built fast. It got built very quickly. Yeah, and you know because it was a five eleven build, it had it, it gained a lot of momentum. But you also mentioned like Dude, you did, that like, build wouldn't have happened if I wasn't working at five. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so, but you also mentioned, I will, hey, sorry, I'll forever be thankful to Tom Davin and, uh, um, Dave Larson, the, the CEO and the CMO at the time, respectively yeah. at the time. Um, if it wasn't for them, I would have never done what I did. And it's kind of interesting to see that Tom Davin now works at Black Rifle Coffee. Oh, does he really? Yeah, he does. Oh, that guy's dude. I've, I've and we're about good- to do some cool shit with them with KC. So it's yeah. like. That's right. That's that's why it makes sense. I've like, had some good conversations with him. He's he's a big mountain biker. Is he? Yeah. Tom? Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, I was going to ask you because um, one of the things that we've talked personally, you know, obviously off the mic, we've, that we've had discussions of is regrets and things that you would have done differently, partially because you were new to this and also partially because of what Kate was by nature as a, as a fast build, a SEMA build, right? And now It was never a SEMA build. It wasn't. Oh, you got to get that clear. Yeah, some. You know, I remember it's I funny it when when we sat down with uh, with Jason not too long ago. Uh, Jason kind of made that comment. Oh yeah, SEMA build, and I was like laughing to myself because <laughs> no, dude, the SEMA build didn't happen until everything was already done. Oh okay. And I literally actually bought the booth space from Factor Fifty Five, so I was in the Factor Fifty Five booth spot. Yeah. But they didn't have a car and they had no real plans of doing anything with the spot that they had. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, if you're not doing anything with it, I'll just pay the 450 bucks. Nobody understands how out of pocket my entire project really wow. was. Everyone's like, oh, you went to SEMA and you got you got put in a booth. No, dude, I paid for my booth. Yeah. I paid for like a lot of shit on the vehicle too. And I paid yeah. for a lot of the odds and ends that well, people don't account for. I think people have, a, a mis- I mean, even <laughs> with the FJ, like I think people have misconceptions that companies are just like doling out product. Even if you are a big influencer, they're not like there's stuff costs money, man. Like it's a business. Right. It's yeah. not. But my point is like now that you've got the experience and you've been, obviously you've got a lot under your belt in the last year, like we've done a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. And you've mentioned in the past that there were things that you would do differently, even if it was just a personal build, like what would you change? Because you're kind of, Kate's kind of going right now through this kind of like re like thinking or rebirth kind of, Mm. right? Like you're kind of, no, I mean, she's kind of where she's at right now. Honestly, truth be told, like I'm in it for a penny and for a pound. Like, yeah. Um, there's not a lot. I mean, (laughs) I'll always remember, um, I had the very, one of the very first sponsors I reached out to next to, uh, Casey, um, was curry. 
<laughs> That's, and this, I knew this is a funny story. And I knew, oh, this is a story that will forever get me branded, but it's fine. You guys, you know, I deserve it. So I'll see you at Easter Jeep Safari. Um, so I reached out to Curry and there, at the time, the marketing guy, whoever was on like, dude, yeah. I'm like, here's the project. It's with this company called 511, this, that, and the other. And they're like, we're with it. We're, we're in, we're in. That was like, that's what you want to see out of a sponsor. Right. You want to see the, those words. I'm in, we're in. And uh, they're like, we're in. And at that same time, concurrently, I was talking to my buddy over at uh, Icon Suspension. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to Jeremy and I was like, yeah, you know, can we get this going? He's like, dude, Ali, we're throwing the entire catalog at this thing. Like, yeah, they're like it's in, we're, we're in, we're good. I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, oh shit. Um, does Curry make suspension? <laughs> I'm more laughing with you because I've heard the story before, so it's just kind of funny. But <laughs> does 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 Curry make suspension? Is this gonna be? Is this going to be a conflict? <laughs> oh, is this going to be a conflict of interest? Um, so I told, I told my contact over at Curry. I'm like, <laughs> and I'm trying to be so like professional and so like by the book. Like I'm going to make sure I give back to everybody right. ten times what they right. give me. And well, you and you, that's exactly that. That, well, is, that is, is the mentality you should have. And this is why I've been successful thus far. Is right. why you know if something goes wrong and I call one of my sponsors, they send me something. But at the time, I'm like, I think I was over exercising that trait, um, which is HR talk for like, you kind of went above and beyond what you had to do. I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't know if it's gonna be a conflict of interest. And I'm like, yeah, I'll have to get back in touch with you once I talk to them. And they're like, okay. I can only imagine the head scratching going on on they're the like, other side of the phone. All right, like, dude. Conflict of interest? What's this guy talking they're about? Like, all right, dude. And they're uh, probably thinking like like that some kind of skunk works is going on at Icon. They're coming out with axles and like. Dude, <laughs> shit was. No, well, they didn't even know. They didn't even fully know like all the details. I just said, hey, I'm gonna have to get back to you. And, um, a word of advice if you guys ever get to the place or you are in the place or you're currently like on your way to the place of getting where people are like okay we're, we're in if they say we're in and you wanted it just say okay thank you very much yeah here's what i need and, and here's my address move forward yeah um that's what you don't want to do what they call talking yourself out of a deal i talked myself out of yeah a deal. you already got the deal just just go so Stop then talking. i then i said uh i'll have to get back to you and i got busy and i think there was an event anyways it wasn't for another like two to three weeks that i even like got back to them yeah and by that time they're like thank you very much uh yeah we can give you a 20 percent discount oh and i was like oh yeah 20 percent off of uh fourteen thousand dollars yeah um that's still a lot. I appreciate you. <laughs> I respect you, but I will uh, be sleeping and I will be homeless. Gussing my wife will kick me out my of my axle housing and <laughs> upgrading my axles themselves. But yeah. Anyway, so uh, word to the wise: don't look a gift horse in the mouth and take whatever you're given if you actually ask for it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not really going to change much about Kate then? No, I mean, uh, short. To be of, honest, Kate looked pretty good today. Like, like you just were just all naked and bare. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't mean like, like oh, physically. like driving. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was kind of on the fence. I didn't know how it would work out. Like, considering had, the scramble leading up to this, we had her kind of stripped out. You helped, Matt helped, and uh, 
well, I'm more watched and talked than it helps. That, <laughs> than dude, it helps. okay. Here's another pro tip. If your buddy says, hey, I'm going to wrench on my rig and if you want to come over and you say you don't want to come over just because you feel like you can't help, no. Just being there helps a lot. It's an extra pair of eyes. That's true. An extra set of eyes. It's just somebody to talk shit through. Like, and another way to look at a potential problem, yeah, right? I Figure mean, it out. I already knew the process I was going to take. I was just yeah. going to strip stuff out and you know, hopefully remember how to put it all back together. Right. <laughs> um, but having you there too, I think we kind of mitigated some extra time by talking some of the um some of the steps that we were doing some of the scenarios yep. yeah yep and uh at the end of the day it worked out really well um yeah so I mean, it got done we, we were kind of i was even i was kind of on the fence whether or not you'd be ready to make this trip if kate would be back together right yeah and and she's back together and really like i've got this deal going on right now for the wrap and i've got a really cool sponsor coming on board uh which is cry precision whoa and uh they also happen to own multicam. So <clears throat> we'll see we'll see how long after this episode releases that anything actually like starts to happen to the Jeep. Yeah. Um <clears throat> there's a really cool there's a lot of cool multicam rigs out there. There's a forerunner that's really badass and then there's a helicopter that got wrapped um, Whoa. by the same company that's doing the the wrap for the Jeep. So my buddy Eddie's gonna actually do the wrap, but the company out in Arizona, um unfortunately uh, not unfortunately, but it's not it's not Cry Precision. It's uh, it's another company, and they they do really cool stuff. Um, they're gonna they're gonna print it all out. I'm gonna get it wrapped, and we'll see we'll see how she comes. We'll see how she comes out. I mean, I'm not giving away the actual scheme, but it's a uh, it's a little something borrowed, and uh, it's a little something new. Nice. And that's about it. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, it's cool. She has gotten me everywhere and anywhere I want to go. Things have broken, but I've been lucky enough to be able to replace them. Yeah. Um, it's been an I, adventure the entire way. Yeah. You and I have gone to Moab, and I, I don't see myself doing too much more crazier things than that. That was, I think, I, I think, um, I think this year will be a, will be very, very different because I think we're doing it again this year, right? Or now, yep. this, cause this coming year. Well, so I think it's already known. I, I got. I took the position with Casey. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we are planning a really cool um, Easter Jeep Safari event that uh, will involve will involve a night run and us just kind of being out there and communicating and participating within our our community and group. Um, we hope uh, we can just get the whole family out there and just have a good time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. My, and what I'm thinking is like. Because, you know, we talked about this a few weeks ago, or actually last week, about, you know, doing EJS again next year, or this coming year, and about not driving the FJ and just riding shotgun again like we did last year. Sure. And yeah. doing that whole thing, you know, slinging the camera, and you driving, and, you know, that yeah. was really fun. Like, that was, we got a lot done. It was really cool. And I'm actually, re and the reason that I am I want to do that again is because I feel like you're you're coming into this not not the same person that went into the last EJS. In the sense that you're in, in the sense of your of your driver IQ, right, right, like your skill and what you what you're bringing to the table. You're saying like, my dick is much larger now. Yes, <laughs> that's so nice of you to say. I mean, I'm you're never gonna get that compliment again. I'm flattered that uh, you would uh, acknowledge my dick. <laughs> and and for those of you who are just uh, catching on, it's uh, driver IQ, right? DIQ -D dick. DIQ. Um. Anyways, that I mean, joke will never though, get old. They won't. I won't let it. <laughs> That one, that one was born on the on the edge <laughs> of a cliff in Moab of Utah. Yeah. Of Utah, yeah. In the last EJS, yeah. that was awesome. Um, 
but seriously, like I think that that you know attacking the same obstacles or even different obstacles of the same caliber, yep. I think you're going to go into it a with a lot more confidence. But I think it's going to be. I, I'm just looking forward to seeing like the evolution. Like I think it's going to be really different and in a good way. You know what's funny to me is like jeep has this whole like badge of honor thing right it's yeah. their, like uh it's their loyalty program basically if you will yeah um and they've got all these trails and they're really great trails and they're they're well-known trails like uh i've done one i've done john bull and uh big bear and i hope to do a few a few of the other ones but it's very like mainstream right and the trails that we did when we were in Moab. Yes. They're not mainstream, no. but they're hardcore. They're hard. Yeah, they were nutty. Like, the stuff I've done in Big Bear hasn't equaled the stuff we did in I Moab. I mean, put it this way. Like, if you've listened to the episode, right, you know people lost body, like, car body, parts. Dude. They lost body parts. They lost, they lost side windows. windows. Yeah. yeah. They lost quarter panels. Yeah. Like, it just tore them like tin. Like these trails like were- Like a tin can. Yes. Like, they were brutal. Yeah. And, like, it was raining that one night. You remember yep. that? Yep. Like, I mean, it yeah, was... Dude, I, that was on the pickle. Yeah, on the pickle. I mean, it was just, like, one of those things where where it's, like... This is, like, what what, what you see on, like, some crazy TV reality show where they're, like, trying to make you break. Right. Right? And this was just a run that these guys put together. Yeah. Like, it yeah. was... But, yeah. granted, it was put together by um, right. a guy who has got years and years and years and maybe, like, a decade plus of... Easily. Uh, Jeep racing, uh, Sexton racing, and... Yeah. Uh, and then Yukon Gear and Axel. I mean, th- these are a couple of names that don't fuck around. So, right, right. Um, they took us on something that I was right to be scared of, and I was luckily with the people who would be the right people to get me through it. Yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, and I think that's you know, that's one of the things that just this whole, this whole experience and and doing this kind of brings and changes. Like it changes in you, right? Like the the growth and we talked about this a little bit last the last episode about um the way that you approach problems and the way that you tackle challenges right and so there's a lot of growth in in kind of what you thought you could do and then what you can do and kind of how you break that kind of that that wall yeah right and you discover that there's like a whole other room and then you proceed to break that wall and so on and so on and so on like that's I don't that's know. That, that's kind of impossible. Yeah, that's kind of what fuels me on this one. Like, I'm just, I'm constantly like, I'm seeing the guys that we're out here with, right, and where they started even a few years ago, mm-hmm. and a lot of them are not rookies. Like Mike, Mike's been doing this for a super long time, but even he, like, every time you go out with him, you're seeing where he's getting better sure. and where he's kind of grown. You know, as either leading, either being a leader or in just his wheeling and off roading, or even his vehicle and working on it. Like, well, it just, I like I like the humility that's part of this group because, um, you know, I, I think there's a few people doing this trail for the first time, and Mike tends to be more of a paper map kind of guy. Yes, and uh, I had already done this whole route with uh, Brad and Marco and had it in my Gaia from the last time I did this trail. Yeah. And I think that that's actually only going to really work for us until the water crossing, possibly. We'll see. Until after the lava tubes. I don't know how, I don't know where my GPS continues again, or even if when I came back for the second time when I did it solo, the second part solo, if you yeah. recorded. But well, I do have it recorded all the way to after Okay. The then you can, you can take over from there. But um, I don't my have the point bypass is, that he's talking about, though. <laughs> well, my, well, my point is, is that Mike was leading this trip and then he had some issues where it was kind of like, maybe something got miscalculated or I don't know what happened, but it got a little off track and he's like, yeah, Ali, you want to just jump ahead? Cause my guy was like tracking us. Perfect. Right. Right. 
And you don't always find that kind of humility. That's yeah. And the ability to just be like, okay, you know what, dude, go for it. Like, it seems like it's working better for you. Yeah. There's a lot of ego involved and there's a lot of like, I want to be up ahead or I want to be a trail leader. And it's like, right. It feels good to be with people that are as plastic or am I thinking plastic as <laughs> flexible, as flexible <laughs> as elastic, elastic, another stick. Um, <laughs> are as elastic as, as these guys. And yeah. there's not a single person here who I would say has a, a solid ego. Yeah. There's, everyone here is for the group willing to, uh, I mean, if anything, I would say my ego is more than anyone. Um, <laughs> people here are willing to just kind of go along, get along and have a good time. And yeah. We got people who are, who are also ready and um, aware and, and prepared. So it's, it's just a solid group of, of, of everyone yeah it really is and and it's it's i'm always grateful that we kind of tend to find ourselves with those kinds of people right we, even if it's a different group and different crowd like mm -hmm. we always kind of tend to find ourselves with people who are pretty kind of even keeled and level-headed and fun and you know team driven right yep so yep. yeah and so anyways um yeah i took over we went to uh we already talked about it for Paiu, and then we got uh, here to this campsite um well, actually we, we we made one stop we stopped at the rock house the rock house yeah, yeah. that was where that was where the, your your reference to hantavirus dude okay about. so let me tell you <laughs> i brought my nine-year-old i love him yeah he's good. he's cool he's, he's a good kid he's yeah he's cool yeah he's, he's a fucking he's awesome and uh <laughs> and he likes to explore and so sure of course the windows at this rock house and let this be a warning to you and yours. Um, have ledges, like one foot ledges. Yeah, rock, they're actually really deep. Yeah, really deep totally. rock. So totally ledges that you could actually get up on and like look. You could sit on those ledges, looking a little bit closer to yeah. the windows. You're not and, supposed to, but you could. Um, so I believe his name was Carl Farber. Um, I might be wrong, but it was he was an artist uh, back in the. Don't shoot me for getting this wrong, but I want, I want to say like 60s. I yeah. don't know. He was an artist out here in the Mojave um, who brought his artwork here. And um, he lived in that house for a few years before he moved on to uh, elsewhere. Um, Did New he Mexico, build it? New Mexico. No, he didn't build it. Okay. No, it was built in 1869. Oh, wow. Uh, or maybe earlier. So he just occupied it for a while. Yeah. This this artist actually was one of the most recent residents. Oh, okay. I think up to like 2000 something. He lived here. So this was an actual actual active residence for a while. Oh wow! And now it's kind of part of like the little Mojave Road tour. Um, so I don't think there's any more tenants. About it's like a landmark now. Live there, but it's now it's it's no longer inhabited. But there are still things inside. So it's really like you really want to kind of like get in close and look. But just mind you, those little black pellets you see on those windowsills, that's all rat shit. And then when you get to the door, and which we did, we got around to the side door. And this is after Jackson. I already helped him up. Like, sure, buddy, oh, I'll give goodness. you a boost. Yeah, take a look to the window. Get through the window. Yeah. And I like, got him on the ledge, and he's with there on his knees and on his elbows. Oh, and no. On these little black pellets that I'm looking at going, that can't be good. Because I'm already paranoid about hantavirus. And I actually looked over at Matt's wife, uh, Lauren, and I'm like, so... Uh, these pellets, that's probably, he's probably got hantavirus now joking about it. <laughs> and then we get around to the side and on the side of the door, there's a sign. And I'm like, what's that sign say? And Matt reads and he goes, yeah, uh, danger of hantavirus yeah. detected here. And it's like, fuck. Great. So then I stripped Jackson off 
all his clothes. I left immediately after. Yeah, I saw you guys walking out. Stripped I was him off. Up. Yeah, yeah, stripped him off of his clothes, changed his clothes, and put him under my seats. And yeah, hopefully he doesn't wow. come down with hantavirus. Yeah, I walked when I walked up to the house after you guys left. You told me that. Mm-hmm. I looked around and. Dude, you weren't kidding. Like, there's like piles of just around the windows, like everywhere, like crazy. Yeah, like these little fucking rats are like trying to break in, and they're just sitting there plotting, <laughs> sitting there plotting and shitting <laughs> and looking into the window, going, "How the fuck are we gonna get that shit right there?" Like, is that what they're like, doing? Like, there was a refrigerator of cheese like, inside. <laughs> why is there so much shit on the windowsill? You think it'd be inside? Like, I don't know. It's super bizarre. But yeah, you're right. Like, there was there was piles of it, like inch deep, like like scary right no wonder if there's a there's haunted virus like this is gross <laughs> these motherfuckers just looking into the window like i want yeah. out yeah yeah so so yeah that was so be careful with that one i'm sure they're probably gonna clean it up at some point but and if, they, if they don't by the time you get out there definitely be yeah careful. those black pellets are not seeds <laughs> um pro tip though that is probably the only the only bathroom the yeah, only oh, it's a proper built bathroom. Yeah, it's the only well, like actual bathroom. C- correct it. It's a pit bathroom. Okay, it's a pit. Yeah, yeah. it's a hole with a kind of uh, molded seat. It has a seat. It, it's what you would find at most like national or state parks. Yeah, but it's got this weird cone shape. It's just so unsettling. Yeah, well, they had those in um, Westerners. Didn't they have those in same ones that they had at uh, Arizona at, at summer camp? You know, it's any kind of real like camp pit bathroom yeah, exactly, style. Exactly. It's a big, long, deep hole that usually has like a million flies in it. And then you just kind of like sit on top of it and you just feel the cool breeze of this like cavern below you on your <laughs> on your so, nether so regions. On so your unsettling. nether regions. And uh, you just got to give into it. You got to surrender, yeah. if you will. But if you're the type that um, is spends time out in the woods and you like to use a bathroom and you're more shy, this is the only It's place. way better than just a hole in the sand. This yeah. is the only place you're going to find a bathroom. And it actually has pretty decent toilet paper. Yeah, yeah. No, the toilet paper, I was surprised. It was very robust. Quality, right? Yeah, <laughs> I was surprised too. It was very thick. <laughs> so pro tip right there. Um, definitely make that stop. Um, your significant other may thank you. Yep. And then uh, it wasn't too far. It was about 10, 10.4 more miles past that point um, to getting to this Mojave campsite. Yep. Just beyond the land of whoops. And this is a really cool site. It's got like, it's got two main wings separated by rocks and it's got a left wing and a right wing, if you would, uh, maybe a west and an east. And yep. It's got one, two, three kind of main circle kind of pit areas. Like fire rings, yeah. Uh-huh. And then pits. once you get around this elbow, it's got another two, three, four, however many. It's it's a decent-sized campsite. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, there's quite a few of us here, and, and we're all here comfortably. There's one way in, uh, one way out, which is kind of nice for those of you who just want to kind of be able to keep tabs on uh, who's getting into camp. Um we're kind of sharing it with another three vehicles that are in, around that other elbow uh, right now. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Their dog actually leash and everything. Oh, right. Yeah. Came, came into camp. Down. Yeah. This gorgeous husky <laughs> yep. named Neil. Um, Which is I, an awesome name for a dog, by the way. Neil. The yeah. Person, the human name. <laughs> <laughs> Neil. Yeah. Who names their dog Neil. Those right. guys. Right. Um, so I walked it back to camp. Good, good group of dudes. It was kind of a nice opportunity to actually see who the hell was like. Meet your neighbors. Yeah. Next to us. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, good times. Yeah, absolutely. Right so. now, the fire is going strong and it's back to orange. I don't see too many more colors in it anymore. Oh, yeah. So I don't know what he was throwing in there, but Bob bought these like packets. Couldn't be good for you. It can't be, right? No, but it's like, I wish I had those like back at like old school raves that I used to go to. <laughs> right. Like we used to have fires, <laughs> like these like moon tribe events. And uh, um, 
that would have that would have been a big hit right so otherwise they, totally wasted on they us. turn the flames these crazy colors like like blue and red and orange and like it was like, like edc pink. in your fire yeah it really is and the crazy part is that you would think it's just the bag right the bag kind of does its thing it's got different no. different elements in it right that that, no, burn, like that burn but elements the fire stayed burning those crazy colors long after the bag was gone like i don't know what was going on there it was a trip no it's like different metals burn like, right like different like colors totally but i mean i get i guess I, I get the science of it i just don't understand how it stuck around so long after the bag was burned and gone who knows right like that was the, the whole fire even below the fire was changing colors. it's a mystery for ages <laughs> i don't know but uh personally i didn't care for it really yeah when i see a fire i'm just you just want to keep it old i'm a traditionalist uh fire campfire guy <laughs> and i really appreciate an orange fire i can't tell uh, you right now how much appreciated how appreciative i'm in this buddy heater yeah dude this buddy heater is clutch my legs are for once not like freezing freezing and i kind of got my hands like down towards it too and like, <laughs> hands ain't freezing it's and nice. matt has it hooked up to a, like this five gallon tank or this one or whatever it is five yeah it's five and it's like so good yeah i might have to steal it from my trailer thank you matt yeah so i brought a trailer on this trip uh you got it from who? i got it from rebel off road it's our it's a, well it's from off the grid rentals and this is a little i picked it up at rebel off road how much does it cost i think it normally goes for about 150 a night to rent these as long as you do like a 14 day advance you get yep. you get a discount and it's down to 150 for that discount nice and dude it's luxury it is lux and it's handled everything yeah, on this tell trail. me tell me what you like the most about your uh your trailer so obviously the sleeping pad is like top notch right you're sleeping in this like encased well, box just being inside the teardrop alone has got to be really cool totally because you're not sleeping around nylon you're not sleeping in a nylon tent so you have insulation you have wood and pretty decent amount of it too so a it's way warmer than a tent um and b it's way quieter than a tent so um the, the main reason i wanted to bring it out on the mojave road was because anyone who stands who spends time in the desert knows that you're going to get one of two things in this season you're going to get rain or you're going to get wind and or both for that matter and so i didn't want to set up a tent in the mud um or tear down a tent in the mud and um i didn't want to deal with the wind i wanted to sleep so i decided the trailer might be a good call so i got a trailer for the weekend and all not, the, not without getting a little shit for it either no right totally like i was everybody was like they're like, like in you a, in peasants a, in, a, in a jealous like in your floor tents <laughs> in your rooftop tents here i am in my trailer uh, and matt was like and the, the the irony is that um matt was actually talking about renting one for this trip right and um and he didn't and he's rented this before like he's had these before yeah and so i did and he's like a little jealous but that's fine i get it well, would, he too, he rented he rented a tent before or a trailer before and had a really bad experience. Oh, really? You've had amazing experiences. I've had great experiences. I with think them, yeah. there's always just that one exception where like a wire got loose on a trail, totally, and, and made a, your fridge turn off. And you're off roading, so you're yeah. inherently beating the crap out of everything. Right, your your rig or a trailer, right? Like things are going to happen. But I, I I can see only positives coming from being able to leave your home behind and go wheel. Yeah, the only negative, like for me and with a trailer and this is kind of why you know i'm on the fence for anyone you know when you really consider buying one um i highly suggest you rent one first um just to get a feel for it and understand what you're getting yourself into because it does change the characteristics of your driving 
Um, well, yeah, you got to be more cognizant of yeah. this thing that you're dragging behind you. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're dragging this thing behind you. It's got to clear the lines that you're clearing. It's got to clear the obstacles that you're clearing, and you've got to be considerate of all that length that you have added and the weight that you're Correct. pulling. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of benefits. Like like everything, right? There's trade-offs, right? Yep. So the benefit is you're gonna sleep like a champ in this thing. Right. Right. It's like it's like a rolling hotel and with a kitchen in the back, gas tank. You know, solar sounds nice, right? ARB fridge, two gas sounds fire. nice, Frank. <laughs> hey, no, you're I got, I got too shabby. Hey, I got no complaints yeah, on my uh, too shabby. my penthouse suite. Um, We've given you a fair amount of shit for that too. So Matt, Matt, on the other hand, on his on on the floor tent. God, what a peasant. <laughs> Yeah, I might be saying goodbye to my days um, on the floor, honestly. Yeah. Dude, it's nice. It's nice being off the ground. It's nice knowing that like the critters have one level of complexity that get to you yes. beyond what they originally had. Yes, and I think also... You need altitude now versus just getting into like whatever hole you find. Yeah. And, I, and I think the one, the to me, like the real kind of understated part of getting off the ground is that typically um, options that are off the ground are typically much better insulated. From, right from wind from temperature from you well, name it i've thought about that but when you sleep on the ground the ground itself is kind of like it's your cool. insulation yeah i yeah. mean it's cool but it but kind of retains heat yeah, it does, and exactly. you know it and when you're in a in a like for instance in my case in a rooftop tent and right. even in a trailer like the, you got all that cool air the wind you. is blowing yeah. constantly below above and to the sides of your, yeah. of your dwelling and that steel frame of your trailer is getting ice cold yeah yes. and i think for me like I ended up with this tri-layer tent that I have, and that's been a game changer, actually having insulation on your tent, like, kind of like a down jacket. Yeah, totally. Um, when I had the standard nylon, it was a lot more difficult than yep. what I'm experiencing right now. So, yep. um, you know, if you, have a, if you have a tent, just make sure you have something that's like insulated against the elements. Otherwise, if you don't like the cold, I would definitely go with this trailer that Frank has. Right. And so, you know, what I was saying about like maybe and they're not a sponsor, by the uh, way. Yeah, no, they're not. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what Frank's got worked out with Rebel, but <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, what you hear from me is just an appreciation for the fact that I can like, if I had a trailer, which I I haven't used one, but if I did, I like the idea of being able to leave where I sleep behind and then go right. real. Like I'd be out right now. I'd be like, hey, let's go check out some roads. Totally, I'd right. totally be all just about drop it. the trailer and see. Like yeah, but I can't do that because yeah. it takes me like 45 minutes to set up my tent. And get everything together. And right. once I'm set up, there's I'm not breaking down just to go out at night and then come back and break all down again. Like, it's not happening. Right, right. So, if anybody was on the fence about getting a trailer or um, just, you know, whatever, um, changing your situation, that's, yeah, maybe that's that's something to push you towards that end. Right, Absolutely. That's yeah, that, that's totally true. And like I said, everything's a trade-off, right? So at the end of the day, it really comes down to what works for you. Like what, what are what, you comfortable yeah, enough with? Yeah, exactly. And so you know, I, I the trailer is obviously like a not an not an always thing because it costs money. Correct. Um, but and that's and so what I mean, like I think my my ground days might be coming to an end. Dude, I mean, look. First of all, you've got this badass sleeping platform. Well, that's place. what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, totally. The goose gear stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm thinking like, well, when we do Death Valley, my plan is to sleep in the back. And actually, my plan was to sleep in the back for this originally. Right. And and then I just kind of pulled the trigger on the trailer and you know kind of sideways on that one. But you know, my plan for Death Valley is to sleep 
in the FJ. And you kind of tested it out, didn't you? I tested it out. I, I fit. Uh, my pad, my sleeping pad fits, you know, everything. I have a little heater that'll go in there. Because you're not really quite sure what we're going to encounter on that trip. And that's the biggest reason, right? I want to I want to travel light. I don't know what we're going to encounter. So I definitely don't want to bring something like a trailer. This one's um, really cool. And I think actually the, the, the later part of this trail is really cool. Yes. Um, but... Everything leading up to where we're at right now, honestly, like after everything we've already done, I'm like, yeah. whatever. Like, it's, I'm, it's easy. Yeah, it's, I wouldn't. It's an easy I wouldn't trail. be doing this right now, honestly, if it wasn't for Matt's birthday. Yeah, and uh, Mike, who they've they've invited on other trails, and it's like. After you get invited a few times, you don't want to be the guy who doesn't get invited because you always say <laughs> because no. Because you always say no, yeah. Because you always say no, and it's like you know, and I and I did enjoy the time I had on this trail, so I'm I was totally down to come, but. There were like other other circumstances that really pushed uh, that like kind of like tipped me over. Right. And long story short, it's like I came, but it's like I think I lost track of what I was talking about. Well, I mean that this trail isn't really kind of your jam. Yeah, it's this, like this type I, of trail. Okay, so at the end of the day, I guess I lost track because I I don't want to go negative, but it's like it's what it really is. Whatever until you get to kind of where the water crossing is. Yeah, and then it gets really interesting because suddenly you're in dunes yes and, and and i hope we'll come back at a later episode once we finish this trail and be able to talk to it speak yeah. to it because you've done it i've done it yeah. and i've done okay so we're, we're on the same page like the dunes they're gorgeous and then like the riverbed yes and like that whole experience like dude i did it by myself and i couldn't have asked for a better opportunity to just kind of get to like center than than that than that trip like that was for me a very profound and like I got to the I got to the dry lake bed and I jumped on top of the tent and I stood up on top of it and like you know you let, you you let out a big yell and like you just feel like you know you're there. It's kind of a sight though the dry lake bed, isn't it? Like yeah, it's, it's a total sight and that's like that's why cool. like I would do something so dramatic as yeah. get up and there's throw definitely my arms out and there's definitely reward at the end of this trail. Feel you feel. Like you're truly with yourself. Yes, I completely agree. And I agree. personally don't really care to like spend too much time with me, but that was like I was on the way back from Shot Show, and I ended up on. Uh, I ended up wanting to finish what I had left off with uh, Brad and Marco, and I said, "I'm just going to finish it." And that was more of like closure for you, right? Like, yeah, I just want to. Like, I just want to end it because yeah. I like I don't know when I'm going to be back, and I'm here. I am at Shot Show, and oh shit, there's the eggs that I came off of when I left. So yep. if I just follow that back, I'm going to be back where I started. Yep. And it just felt like, okay, just finish it. I had no idea what I was getting into. Yeah. I didn't realize how much to train. So again, it goes back to the fact that this first part of getting even like up to here before you get to the like bed, it's truly a fire ride. I mean, there's a couple inclines. There's, it's not like, it's, bad. it's, it's double track. Yeah. It's not anything bad. No, it's nothing bad. Dude, I saw a Camry passes, yeah. bro. And that's the thing. Well, that was on the that was that was on the fire road. <laughs> yeah, it was but, proper fire road. Yeah. yeah but, but but still like my point is it's like I was in two-wheel drive. Like Yeah, you, this whole trail you can be in two-wheel yeah. drive. Yeah, for sure. Like I think like there was a conversation that was happening on one of the Facebook groups here at Mojave um, where it's a lot of locals and a lot of travelers of this road and somebody with a sprinter van was asking if they could do it and there was a ton of comments about oh no way your sprinter would never make it this and that and it's a four-wheel drive sprinter he's got it pretty well equipped and i it's told just them, people who don't want people exactly i told him straight up dude there's no reason you couldn't do that road yeah easy. my only concern for you would be the water crossing because you're slung low like you're you're hitting low and if your seals don't hold you're gonna get water all inside your you van. Think about a mercedes sprinter van yeah they have their seals down 
Oh, I know. And I'm just better than a G. That was my only concern. Which is right? why I won't go through water. Crossing. Yeah, I'm not going to go through it. No, screw it. <laughs> yeah. Mike, you're on I've, I've run that. I've done that already. I had that right of passage. Oh, man. And it, it wasn't worth it. <laughs> if, that, if that's like, a, you you could be cool and do it. Yeah. It'd be cool if you did. I do like, think that everyone cool should do it once. Didn't. I mean, if, uh, you know, but yeah. to each his own. Dude, that water smells like shit. It definitely has that kind of like up. bog, like like bog water smell. And if it's at any reasonable time of the year where there's been some kind of rainfall, like it will come up to the seals of your door. It, it's, I think they said what, like 36 inches right now? Like yeah, that's, it's, that's pretty, significant. it's pretty high up there, bro. That's significant, yeah. Yeah, you're definitely going to hit the bottom of your door. Absolutely. A lot of people end up with wet floorboards you end up with uh yeah that you know what and it's worse because you have that that like padding underneath the yeah. the carpeting or the vinyl yep and that padding saturates with this water yeah. and that just stinks dude okay so i'm gonna break it down and you can be you can be the voice of the sound i don't care no no, no it's I'll, fine let's see I'll, I'll we'll, we'll see let's see let's see okay and <laughs> so here we go you want to do a water crossing go somewhere where it's more natural like up north in tahoe or you know like we did, we you went mean in, like a like a river or stream? Yeah, yeah, like a flowing body of water. Yeah, you come into Mojave and you think, oh, I should do this water crossing because it's like a rite of passage, dude. Save yourself the fucking hassle. Save yourself the the heartache of having to pull your carpet, pull your seats out of your car, dry everything, clean it up. You don't know if it's gonna happen, but if it happens, you're gonna be bummed. And that water smells horrible. Yeah, I I did it, and I did it when the FJ was stock. And so I was sitting all Which lower. Which probably good too, because the seals were good. Uh, you didn't screw with anything. Yes and no. I guess the FJ is not quite like a Jeep, where we actually take our doors off. Right. You that's guys true. don't really do that. That's true. <laughs> and so it does have good seals, but some water did get in a little. Did bit. it really? Yes, a little bit. <laughs> like I, it, my I, my floor wasn't like you know swishing in water, but the uh, the edge of the door sill, uh, right where that seal kind of goes into the jam, mm-hmm. I got some water in there, so it got underneath through the seal. Through the seal. Yeah. And and I think partially was just the jostling and the fact that it was so much water because the water was above, like it was almost probably a quarter up my door. Like it was significant. Right. And um, it stunk. I had to like take everything out, yeah, hose man. it down, and then let it dry in the all sun. Right. Here's what, I, all, I'm, all I'm saying, based off what you just said and just account witness, like witness accounts that I have. Yeah. Dude. Save yourself the trouble. It's not a rite of passage. Like you could probably no. I won't even say you could probably. As long as your freaking air filter isn't into the water, <laughs> you will get through it. Oh you, yeah, it's not a matter of like needing a snorkel or like, anything. You will like, be able to do it. And I, you actually brought up a point about snorkels. They don't really prevent water no, from getting into the. No, entrance. that's that's from the. Oh my gosh, that drives me nuts. No, dude, speak it. It drives me like speak up the wall yeah. when I hear people. Well, I'm gonna do this water crossing. I just need a snorkel. Like people. Hear me now, and if I get hate mail for this, well, so be it. But hear me now. Snorkels are not for water crossings. Snorkels are to get clean air up high, free where you have smaller dust particulates and colder air. And the standard snorkels. I mean, there, you yes. could create a snorkel that would actually be fully sealed. You could. But these but snorkels are actually not the kind sealed. you buy from ARB, the kind you buy, the, the safari snorkels. Like the AEV ones? The AEV ones. Okay. None of those are for water crossings. They're not sealed. They're not sealed. And and they, they're they not supposed to be. Okay. Because when, when you drive in the rain, that water has to come out. Like it, it can't, you're not going to shoot that water. Like in. You are going to pull some water in yes. no matter what. Yes. And, and there so needs what, to be some kind of catch can or exactly. some kind of catch area. Exactly. That 
pulls the water and then extracts it. it. Right. And so what that is is what si- what a quality snorkel will do, like the companies that we just mentioned, will have the same kind of system like a stock manufacturer. They'll have a cyclonic effect mm-hmm. inside, either in the just where, in the ram, and that pushes like the particulates out. Exactly. It ejects the particulates and it ejects the water. So if you look at, an, at, a, at a safari snorkel, at the top it's corrugated, right. it lo- where, where you clamp it together, and that corrugation is where the water comes out. The safari snorkel, is that like an ARB? It's an ARB one, okay, yeah, got it, exactly. Yeah. And so, like, they all, and then the others, and then at the very bottom, there's holes drilled into it. So they're just drain holes. Yep. And if you and if you actually, uh, at least on an FJ, I don't know about a Jeep, but on an FJ, if you open your airbox mm-hmm. and you pull the filter out, you'll see there's a hole in the bottom right. of the airbox. Yeah, and that's like the that's drain, another drain plug. That's a drain plug. Yeah. Exactly. So you're just by putting a snorkel on, there's a hole in your airbox. Like you're not, you're gonna get water whether the snorkel is not gonna do anything. Right. And more importantly, if you're getting water to that depth. You've already fried your electronics. Correct. You've already fried your computer. You've already there's so much more that's already gone. Well, it's like you know when people one thing that people don't realize in like a Jeep is especially the JKU that I have. Yeah. It looks large. Yeah. And it looks like there's a lot of space to put a lot of things. And you know if you go through the the rigmarole of creating custom mounts, maybe behind the back seat if you don't have like some kind of camp kitchen setup yeah. or. Maybe even like towards the the top of the cage. If you're not going through that process of building something custom out, like you're mounting things to the floor. Like yeah. there's not a lot of room. There's not a lot of room. Yeah, the totally. Seats. Like I've got my. Uh, you know, it's gonna sound like we're doing an ARB plug, but the reality is <laughs> I I'm have not, nothing ARB. Actually. I'm not sponsored. They actually helped me a little bit with my uh, twin compressor, but they're they're by no means a sponsor. Um, it was more of like just a pro deal. Like we did business with them when I worked at five eleven, And so it was like a they kind of just took care of in kind kind of yeah. like deal and it was a good discount, but they're not a sponsor, but I will say, uh, their compressor for me has worked amazing. Yeah. I've got their twin and for anyone who's not doing like a power tank or, um, some kind of on board air system, like the twin ARB air compressor is like i've seen people with vires that just suck and no offense to vire they make good products that last people i know with vires tend to use them forever but i air up a hundred times faster with my i will say like i think i think part of the problem because i have a vire yeah and i think part of the problem is that most people buy the cheaper ones sure like the amazon oh they have they've got so many yeah they do and so I bought the expensive one, and so mine airs up pretty quick. Um, I also have thirty threes, so that right. that helps and that's too. Faster, right? But but I I would say by and large the twin compressor the twin compressor from ARB is pretty much the gold standard. Dude, it's the gold standard. Yeah. It's a great compressor. You're not going to go wrong buying that compressor. But I have that mounted actually to a Carolina Metal Masters um, mount, which in itself, honestly, if I took off my seat and I showed you what their bracket looks like, yeah, you'd be like, that's a really beautiful bracket. <laughs> it's it's dude, CNC call me crazy aluminum. I love it when companies take that take dude that that much pride in their product when they know that no one but the person installing it's ever going to see it again. So my buddy over at CMC like designed this amazing bracket that's just beautifully machined and anodized and just gorgeous. Yeah, that will never see the light of day. Yeah, that you can't even look at it. You couldn't even see it if you wanted to put your head to the floor. And look up, <laughs> like just, maybe this hidden, this hidden gem, it. this beauty that's just tucked away forever, <laughs> dude. It's like it's like lightweight, yeah. It's not bulky, and I've seen other brackets for the same pump 
that mount in the same location. Yeah. And they're just a standard box, like box piece of aluminum sheet that's been folded to, to bolt up to where the holes are and mount your compressor. That's it. Right, right. And it's solid. This one is like, it's just like the bare amount of material and it's in this like really nice like like shape. Anyways, not to talk about them too much, but they, they're great people. They do really cool things. Um, I've got this ARB compressor that just works and operates beautifully. It's off the water, but everything else... There's no bracket for my amplifier. There's no bracket for my ham receiver. Yeah. Like these things, I, there was really nowhere to put them. Right. So they're mounted to the floor. Like, and obviously that's that's an issue. You could screw it to the Totally. Side. You could probably screw it to the side of your uh, console, like your center console area. Yeah. But nobody wants to really do Yeah. That. Nobody wants to do that. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's an important point, right? So I guess, like, I mean, tangents and drawn out, but. I think the point is, is that I don't know. Look, you guys are killing time anyway. So <laughs> here you go. Yeah, exactly. You guys are on your commute anyway, or you're driving to your next adventure. Um, I guess the point is, look, at least from my perspective, is I don't, I don't want to tell people to not do things. Like if you want to do the river crossing, go for it. But know what you're getting into, right? Like sure. know, accept the reality of this water crossing or any water crossing in the fact that make sure your seals are good understand you don't have a that by seals he means like axle seals like axle you seals. understand your axles are underwater make sure you have a, a diff breather yep. because of those seals right and, and high enough to where they're not going to ingest water high enough you're not going to ingest water do your yep. door seals work that you're not going to fry components that are that are you know bolted to the floor right like just just know what you're getting into like yep. anything just be smart like if you want to do it and it's exciting, go for it. I'm not going to tell you not to, um, but I just mean, know gonna, that you're going to wash your truck and the yep. interior. <laughs> you're going to you're going to eventually do water crossings. Yeah, exactly. I say do them when you really have to do them. A hundred percent. Like if this 100%. is just is like hundred percent. So what you're going to experience when you get to this water crossing is you're going to you're going to experience something that's almost like a attraction at like at Disneyland, the safari. People, people line up the and safari watch. adventure, right? Like you get in line for that li- for yes. that ride. And you wait like an hour. And once you get on it, you're like, whatever, dude. Like right. These are it's, all fake animals. and it's, it's 40 minutes of waiting for 10 seconds of, of mediocrity. Of mediocrity. <laughs> and so I would tell you, the the water crossing at the Mojave is kind of like the safari boat ride at Disneyland. I don't. I don't remember that one. So I'm just gonna go well, with it. Well, that's like where you like you go on the boat. <laughs> oh, is yeah, that the one that has the hippos and the yeah, alligators. Yeah, the hippos, and it's yes. just like it's so. It's kind of like okay, it's the cool. Animatronics, and they're just gonna okay. This is what it is. There. It's cool, but it's whatever. It's cool if you're three years old. Yeah, if it was an actual hippo, <laughs> if it was real tigers and lions, and if it right. was real like natives trying to kill you, cool. But it's not, right. and it's like animatronics, and you're just like, okay, I waited so long for this, and yeah, yeah. Anyways, so again, water crossing, do it if you want. It'll be fine. If it's low enough, like, and you could do it without even worrying, cool, take it slow. Um, if you go get wet and it's like whatever, like, th- you you ask for it. I think you hit on something that we shouldn't glaze over, though, is that, and I think that's that, that summarizes the point, and I think the value here is that you should only do water crossings if you have to. I know that we, in as overlanders and off-roaders, we glorify water crossings and we make them out to be this like amazing thing that we should seek out. Right. But it's not. Your vehicle is not made to do that. Like you, your bad things are going to happen. Sure. Actually, my case in point. Right. So, not only did I have to like gut my interior and hose it all off and dry it in the sun so it would stop stinking like a wet like locker after the Mojave. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I also, I, I burned my starter. 
Oh, you lost your starter. I lost my starter. And and here's the thing. The, the, the other thing about the water, aside from being super dirty, is that if you're not the first vehicle through the water, yep. it's super silty. Like that water is just all like churned oh, over really? and silty. Yeah, and like, well, it's just there's so much stuff that just so, sits there. Huh? So when I got in and I crawled in and my starter wasn't working, the starter was coated in silt. And like that's was, probably why. And so it oxidized and it ate it up and all the parts started to bind so the piston wouldn't come out anymore, and, you know, and turn turn the crank. So, like, it just ruined the starter. It completely ruined it. So, Crazy. And you had to replace oh, it? Oh, totally. It's 600 bucks. Gone. Was, was no. that water crossing worth 600 bucks? Totally not. So keep that in mind. So, and that's why we don't go through the water crossing. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and once you get through that and – it does get, in my in my opinion, it does get much, much more interesting um, as far as train changes and yeah. just overall uh, look and feel of the entire trail. Like, it it, it transforms. It goes into, like, dunes. Like, yeah. Um, I will say Afton Canyon itself is beautiful. <clears throat> it goes into, well, it goes into, like, a, a full riverbed that yes. you, like, drive along. Yeah, Afton Canyon, yeah. Is that, is that Afton? That's it, yeah. Yeah. It's gorgeous. It's so cool. Yeah. So, Highly recommend it. You guys need to do it. We'll we'll go into a little bit more depth of uh, the second half of our trip. Right, because we're only a little bit more than halfway. You no, know, we're gonna bring. Uh, we're about halfway. Yeah, we're gonna bring Matt on right now tonight. Yep. <clears throat> but that'll be another episode. That'll be the next one, episode two of this one. Correct. And, so yeah. Uh, and then from there, we'll probably wrap wherever we're at Death Valley. Probably. Um, we're gonna talk about the. We'll end talk about the trip. end. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And. Uh, Probably the beginning of our Death Valley trip with uh, Dead Man Off Road. We'll see if that happens. I mean, it's next weekend. <laughs> it's next weekend. There's a lot. There's a lot that can happen. Yeah, it's seven days. Um, people's rigs break, but as of right now, um, as of this moment, everything's Frank running. Our book to yep. uh, go to do Death Valley next uh, next weekend, which is for me. I'm like, I didn't quite factor that. Have two you ever done Death Valley? Back to back days of travel. Yeah, uh, me too. Actually, no, just financially. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree because. We're doing this one, Death Valley, next weekend. I've and never then, done Death Valley, but I also wasn't accounting for. That's a lot of money. No lot. joke. I mean, gas alone. I mean, we filled up like four times coming here. Yeah. Yeah. No uh, joke. Three. Yeah. Three. Was it three? Oh, yeah. Three. Yeah. No joke. Like it was a lot of money. And then the next trip, and then we leave for the Midwest the weekend after that. You do with yeah. Shannon. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Yeah. It meant me and Shannon. Yeah. Yep. So like, dude, so much driving. Yeah. So Are you gonna go see Yeti and Yellow? We're gonna try to absolutely because yeah. Shannon has family who are really close to them, and we're gonna get close out to Iowa. Them. Yeah, well, in Iowa. Okay. So we're gonna be out. Oh, you're gonna be in Iowa. Oh, totally. Oh, dude. Yeah. So <laughs> we're gonna be. Not to see yeah, we're, I think I mapped it last, and we're within like 45 minutes of where they are. So Very cool. We're gonna try and, if family time permitting, we're gonna try and get over there. Nice. So that'll be fun. So, on that note, those were stories. Those are stories and adventures to come. Yep. So. Um, let's pay some bills. Let's pay those bills. Um, so first off and always is rigged supply. That's R I G D supply.com. Um, you can check them out on Facebook. Uh, you could also check them out on their website. And they the are, gram. And the gram. Yeah. They're, um, did I say Facebook? Oh, yeah. I'm so old. <laughs> I'm so old. Your, your grandparents can check them out on Facebook. Wow, if they want to get you a gift for Christmas. Your mom and dad can go check them out on Facebook, but if you're young and you actually own a Tacoma, you can go check them out or a Forerunner or any of the vehicles that they support. You go check them out on uh, Instagram. Yeah. Now Sprinters and all the kind of, yeah, yeah they're all With over. They're uh, universal or not the mega swing. The mega swing. Yeah. Mega swing. So they've got a universal swing. They've got a mega swing. Yep. They've got, they got your the, 
hitch extender and the forerunner swing and the forerunner swing, yep. which is like specific to that. The fifth gen, yeah. Okay. So these guys are are doing something and they're doing it right. They're they're creating solutions for people who have a hitch mount but don't want to go through all the hassle of buying like God knows who's like swing out bumper, swing out bumper, yeah. this that and the other like. You don't want all that. You nah. want something that you can easily connect and disconnect and get on with your life. I'll tell you right now, and this is something interesting because of all people, and I think at some point we should talk to this guy because he is a wealth of knowledge and has a history in mm-hmm. the industry, and that's Jason DeMello. Yeah. Like, so I was talking to him, and funny enough, he 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 asked me this question. He goes, have you ever used a swing out? And I said, no. He goes, I have, and it's Imagine how annoying it is to have to open a swing out every single time you want to open the back of your vehicle. Hey, hi, hello, my name is Ali. Um, I have a Jeep. I uh, you have a tire carrier. I have a tire carrier, which is a swing out. And so, and what do you every think? single time I want to pull my, oh, open up my rear. Yeah. Well, I think it's amazing because I think it's awesome because anything that I hit or anything that hits me will wonder why it hit me. Okay, from so from an armor perspective, it makes it's sense. It's amazing. Yeah, For, the, the Evo Manufacturing Tire Carrier, which I will say, Andrew over there did say, Ali, are you sure you want this one? It's kind of aggressive for an Overland build. I'm like, dude, that's the one I want. <laughs> and yeah, it's annoying. I got to pull these pins right. on the Johnny joints on the left side of the tire carrier every single time. Every I single time. Okay. No matter what you want to do, how simple, mundane, Dude, and pedestrian, and daily life. Doesn't matter. Your days of an, like just like one click open is gone. Well, it but, doesn't have to be though. But I'll that's, tell you what you end up with. You end up with a vehicle that's half tank, half Jeep. Yeah, in that case, in, in that case, yes. Yeah. And if you're buying like one of these crazy steel bumpers that does all that, Totally, I get it, but I think in the case of like, and this is what I personally like about guy. the rig supply one, yeah. about the ultra swing, is that when you get home, you can take it off and put it in the garage. Like your overland setup can be removed. It's <laughs> your overland setup. Like you can outfit for the adventure that you're going on. Yeah, like similar to like why I like my roof rack, right? Like everything comes off when I get home. Because I don't they also haul. have the table attachments. Exactly. Like yeah, that. like I don't haul all that crap yeah. around town, like. It's just, there's no point, right? Like, you don't, you don't, I, that's what I think. I think the future is that, is modularity. I mean, that's if, cool. If you hauled that stuff around town all the time, I'd be the guy that was pointing and laughing at you. <laughs> like, look at that dude with his rotor packs. Like, you're going to your kid's school and then and to you Starbucks. Have, you you're going to run out of gas? <laughs> and then you're going to your cush job. Why do you have your traction boards yeah. on, the, on, the, on the 405 freeway? <laughs> dude. So, yeah, exactly. But so. again, I guess you don't really know everyone's life. but That's true. But check out the Ultra Swing because I think the modularity is, is just clutch, in my personal opinion. Yeah, and, you know, they're constantly coming out with new ideas and new things. So um, I would also recommend you guys to listen to our episode with uh, um, not, only, not only Jason Denny, but with Luke, yeah. uh, who is the founder of Rig Supply. And Luke really, like, breaks it down on what it takes to not only start your business, but to really just commit to book your ticket to book your ticket yeah um our other sponsor yep that, yep that was also with us i think from very early on which is a little weird now it is kind of weird for me it is but i think it is weird but i think it's less weird that that it started this way so and not, now full disclosure i am an internal um <laughs> Mole. You're a full-time uh, employee now. I'm a full-time employee of Casey Lights, and I am their marketing director. And 
everything from the events that we get to do to the people that I get to connect with um, is now my first and primary um, in addition to all kinds of things like e-com and digital. But that's boring. Um, I'm just kidding, Andy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, the struggle is real. Um, but there's a lot of hats to wear and it's amazing hats and there are hats that I always wanted and uh, they're one of our sponsors. They are. They have been for a while, right? And they make, I mean, aside from making great lights, I mean, that we can go on all day They make about a that, great right? community. They have a, that's exactly it. Yes. And we, and you guys have heard us talk about this like a lot about how there's this Casey family and how, you know, how tight we are with them or they are with everybody that they, that they, they are involved with. I would say that's a big part of their success. A hundred percent. A couple of years. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like it's, it's one of those things that are, that's pretty rare in, in this industry. Yep. And I think they're on the leading edge as far as kind of building that family environment in that community and that, that real kind of tight knit core. There is, are very few companies that I can think of and not just because I work for them. Yeah. Hey, you work for Shimano. What do you think? I think, yeah. I we mean, don't even sponsor you. No. So. <laughs> I know this because I just went through budgets and we don't sponsor you. So, right. what do you think, Mr. Unsponsored by Casey? Right. I think I, I think it's, that's exactly it, what I've been saying. It's the, it's, the, it's the environment. It's the camaraderie. It's the culture. It's, you know, the product is phenomenal and that's, that's fine. And that's, you know, there's, there's definitely, um, I think, competitors in that space, right? There's other brands that also build good products. But there's... There's something very unique and very um, inspiring. I think maybe it's just the heritage. I mean, yeah. It's a company that's been around forever. I mean, I used to watch Scooby-Doo and like some kind of doom bug that they had on the, like towards the end, like later seasons. No, you're totally right. That, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, right? totally. Had Casey's on it or that, that it was, style of light. It was that iconic. Yeah, it was that, that iconic that, that even that style of light or that positioning of light on the bumper or on the um If you built a Baja roof, bug yeah. like back in the day. It was, it was running Casey's. Or you built a, a, one of those. Uh, do you remember those like those buggies that people would build like in the 70s and 80s? Yeah. Where they had no tops and they're just like these like uh yeah, and fiberglass. The back. Yeah, the fiberglass yeah. buggies. Those uh-huh. had just big KC lights, yeah, big daylighters. Dude, I'm telling you, KC is the most recognized and known brand. And one of my favorite movies growing up. And I mean, one of the Back to the Future. Ones. Oh dude, Back to the Future right? with the the classic Tacoma. Yeah, the Toyota, totally. Yeah. Like Marty's Marty's Toyota was like, you know, all wheel KC, drive, yeah. all wheel drive, KC. All wheel drive. It was awesome. <laughs> dude. <laughs> Uh, actually, it's funny. I was watching uh, the Goonies the other day. Yeah, and uh, that initial opening scene is like a big KC commercial because uh, Mama Fratelli, she's uh, she's driving through uh, the streets of Astoria with her uh, KC lights equipped. That's Cherokee. awesome. I didn't even know that. I believe it's a Cherokee that she's yeah. driving. Um, I need to go back and look. And then she gets on the beach and she kicks it in a four wheel drive. <laughs> <laughs> even back when I was a kid, I was like, that's so cool. Dude, the influence, right? Like, just the, it, it's, the nostalgia. You're right, though. Like, and, there really is something And there. I don't know what the relationship was with Casey and the producers or the props company or whoever the fuck it was. But there was, like, they, like, zoomed in on shots that were, like, on the lights. Right. Like, to make sure you got that in the shot. It was, like, awesome. Yeah. Right. And the funny thing is, is that I think it, I think it shows Back just, when they were called ROVs. Right, exactly. But I think I think it shows more than anything because the fact that you didn't think of it as a commercial or as a plug, right, in the movie, like it shows how iconic those lights right. were that that in that it was that the, the street cred was the other way around. Dude. Just by having the lights on the vehicle gave the movie credit. 
Bigfoot had those lights on it. Right? Yes. Oh my gosh. Look, bro. Yeah. All, all I'm saying, there's been like five or ten country songs with, <laughs> with KC lights in it. Um, they're doing something right in that regard. Yeah. No, totally. Let's forget about the fact that the Pro 6 light bar is cool. Is, and yeah. They've got awesome. like all the lighting you need for the exterior of your vehicle. Like, yeah, they've got all that. But yeah. there's something deeper and more connecting with KC than I think with a lot of brands, even not even lighting brands, but yeah. even like tent brands or whatever you want to call it. Yep. Anyway, so Casey, thanks. Yep. So on that note, guys, thanks for listening. Um, you know where to find us at riggedfordirt.com. Or RFDLARFDOC on Instagram. That's right. Or riggedfordirt on Instagram. That's right. Yep. All the meetups that are happening now once a month. One in OC, one at Casey's headquarters up in Gardena. Yep. Exactly. Possibly soon. And if you're so inclined and you're listening on iTunes, give us a review. We've had a lot of solid reviews. You guys are rallying, and it's awesome. I love seeing it. So give us a review. And if you don't uh, think we're up there, like in the words of Ali, DM us and tell us. Yeah, dude, just just reach out. Say it. Let us know what we're sucking. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So you can find me at Trucky McTruckface. And you can find me at Keep the Jeep. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.